Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Shoot. <laughs> Go. Go. All right. So uh, welcome uh, into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross. He's Jack McKenzie. And we are doing this on the fly. We have no yeah. producer today. So I messed up that intro. I, I didn't realize when I switched the camera from the graphic to us that it would cut the music. Hey, look, man. You do what you got to do when you're shorthanded. You make things work. And if, you know, just take it as it comes, and, and that's that's how it's going to roll today. But man, yeah, believe uh, it or not, I'm paid to do this. You are, you are, <laughs> you're a, a a wizard when it comes to this stuff. But I wouldn't go that far. And so we are going to do this show today. Uh, typically, we come on live from on Wednesdays. Uh, if you are in Texas, you obviously know that we had a little winter weather come our way out of nowhere. Thanks to global warming, bit. that is just fantastic. Um, so yeah, the college, uh, crystal ball college channel was missing Grayson this week. Um, he lives in Austin, so they had a lot of like, uh, damage with ice and his Wi-Fi was just out of whack. So we weren't able to connect with him and we pushed ours to today, which I'm kind of glad, man, because we were going to talk big 12 schedule. Uh, that's obviously been on everybody's radar and you know, it's one of those things that's kind of funny because you have, I have never really noticed this much anticipation for a schedule release. Um, but with all of the new teams coming in, you know, UCF was hype and their AD was like said it was going to come out sooner than it did. And he kind of got a little laughing reprimand from Brett Yormark and the crew. But, uh, we, we were told, uh, for the while now that uh, it was going to drop on the 31st, uh, Baylor AD Mac Rhodes had made that abundantly clear on 365 Sports in the afternoon, and as usual, Mac Rhodes delivered. So the Big 12 schedule dropped, and that's been a point of emphasis. But Jack, we had some more news this morning come out regarding Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about will this be their last year in the Big 12? When are they going to go to the SEC? And as of now, it's looking like they're probably going to be here through 2025 i know there's t fox is like holding this up with some negotiations uh but when i think when the schedule dropped that was probably one of the the places people went to the most other than your, if you're a new team coming in you know from our perspective we're probably looking like okay what are they going to do with texas what are they going to do with oklahoma and i'm really surprised uh not more so on the oklahoma part texas man they I really thought that you would kind of stick it to those schools. You know, they've, they've shunned you. They they've, did the opposite of that. Man, man. And, like, and Texas, they gave Texas the most cupcake-ass schedule I've ever seen uh, as far as, like, a parting gift. And let's just kind of get into this. What, what were your thoughts when you were looking at this schedule regarding yeah, those let, two Let's programs? break it down real quick. Rice, cupcake. Wyoming, cupcake. Uh, Houston, eh, I don't know. Honestly... They don't have a lot of individual cupcakes, but the biggest point for me, they don't leave the damn state between week two and week 13. Yeah, like, like I don't understand how you do how? that. How do you let them get away with that? It's funny. I, look, I think one of the, the biggest questions coming in was, are they going to be matched up with Houston? And are they going to have to go to Houston and not NRG, but are you're going on the campus? And they did that. The, the Big 12 made that happen. Um, so I think that's one of the promising things, but other than that, man, like you don't play, I mean, Alabama should be one of those games. I think they lose to Alabama. If they, if they go into, into Bryant Denny and win, that's a statement watch maker. Watch, watch out the entire nation. Texas would actually then be, dare I say it back and we'd all have to deal with it. Well, look, and I think they have a better chance this year, um, obviously than last year because you're going to have a, a Quinn Ewers is going to have another year under his belt. They're bringing back damn near their whole roster. Um, and then for, for me, Alabama right now, you're, you're trying to find an offensive coordinator. You don't have a defensive coordinator, which, I mean, that's nothing new. You know, Nick Saban has been able to navigate those waters before. 
the the bigger concern for me if you're Alabama is your quarterback situation. You you've been lucky, man, in, in Tuscaloosa to just roll out NFL caliber that, players year that's in a bit year of a out. Jump to say lucky, it's what they do. Uh, yeah, but I mean, look, they're not going to be perfect at it. They're not going to keep it going at all times. But lucky, that that ain't luck, man. I don't know because look, it's to me that's all right. Look at every other program in the nation. Like, that's not something you see year in and year out. Oklahoma had their run, um, and then last year was kind of a step back. I know that was Gabriel's first is, year. Is Alabama every other program in the nation? No, but look at all right, but look at their situation this year. You have Milrow as your guy. And I, from the small sample size we saw from him last year, I'm not impressed. I know he was a stud in high school here in Texas, but his, his arm, I, I'm not sold on it. Some of the passes, the reads, that's just not up to the echelon and the, the caliber that the Tide are normally seeing. So when I'm looking at this matchup with Texas, you've got the better quarterback from the jump, whether that – it's got to be Quinn. I'm not even going to get Manning in the mix right now. It's going to be Quinn. Um, so I like Texas. If Manning's playing that game, Texas ain't winning that game. If Manning's playing in that game, then there's some, some bigger questions there. Uh, Quinn Ewers has got to be the guy. I don't think there's any doubt Quinn Ewers is going to be the guy. So I like Texas in that matchup. I mean, I think pound for pound, caliber for caliber player, they can hang with the Tide. Uh, I know, I mean, let me let me revert that back. For most part, they can hang with the Tide. Alabama's going to be, uh, the depth is always there. But at the skill positions, I think Texas is going to have an edge in that matchup. Um, I could be wrong. So I think that's a dub. Yeah, jumping down a little in the schedule, they've got, at Baylor and Kansas, basically heading into Red River, if they're at if they are at three and two, they're probably a little disappointed, right? Yeah, you would be. I don't think they're three and two there though. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I think I think I mean, look, between Baylor and Kansas, like each game individually, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, they should probably win that. But together, those aren't those are neither neither team will be a pushover in my mind. Texas should be favored in both, but yeah. Well, like, see, with Baylor, though, we really don't know what you're going to have coming back. I mean, you're going to have a quarterback battle, um, obviously, with Blake Shapin and uh, Sawyer Robertson that come in from old, uh, Mississippi State. Like I said, Texas should be favored. They, they should be favored in that matchup. I'm not going to sleep on Kansas when it comes to Texas, though. Oh, yeah, me neither. And especially this year with Daniels coming back, uh, having another year under his belt. They get them in Austin, though. But here's the thing. I, I think if you are Baylor and you're Kansas and you're looking at this matchup, other than today, you thought this was probably going to be the last time you saw them. So, I mean, there's some hope that that's a case where this isn't your last opportunity. So, even if you do fall, you might get one more shot. We don't know because this is a one-off schedule. So, we don't know, regardless of Texas and OU come back, what this is going to look like next season. So, that could be an intriguing aspect. Uh, you do get Oklahoma. I think that one, I mean, every year that one's so hard to call. I mean, it, that's one of those where it doesn't matter the roster. So getting into this a little more, I got like I got. Let me pose it as questions to you. Okay. Like, if they are hitting their, if Texas is hitting their bye with one loss. Okay. What are your thoughts on their season? I think Texas will be in the Big Twelve championship. I, I've thought that since. If they're there with one loss, you think they're in the championship game? That's the tricky. I, yeah, I think they could be, especially. All right, say they're so their one loss would be to what Oklahoma? You're saying? Or Alabama. Okay, yeah. That, hell yeah. If they're losses to Alabama, yeah, they're going to be in the Big 12 championship game. You know, and then, I mean, that okay, so then you have to go and look at Oklahoma's schedule. So Texas isn't going to play Oklahoma State, so that's one that you can't really match up and say, you know, like say if Oklahoma yeah, that, that gets beat. That's something that's big for me here while we're breaking these schedules down. How are they deciding who makes it to the championship game? That's the thing. And that was one of the questions I had. And I think they, that's a question everyone has. You know, and I, there was – so that was something that Smokey had asked um, Mac Rose the other day. And he threw out that there's like 15 possible scenarios. You know, that could be kind of jokingly or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, you don't want a situation if you're the Big 12 to go back to 2014 and it was like Baylor and TCU and the whole one true champion joke and <laughs> nobody could decide anything. Emphasis on joke. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't understand. it To me, unless you run – I think you're probably going to have to see, like, do you go by points? Do you go by like, – like, is it is it winning percentage and then some tiebreakers? I think that's definitely your first step with that. But – it's going to be intriguing because you're not going to have a championship game, but this is something that you're going to have to get used to because I think your championship games across the board are going to go by the wayside, so you're going to have to figure out 
kind of like the old BCS method when you're looking to determine a national champion. You just pick your top two and kind of decide with it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's one to keep an eye on. I don't know. But as far as Oklahoma, what are you, what are you seeing with the Sooner schedule? Uh, with the Sooner schedule, honestly, I see them probably, I think, 4-0 heading into that, that Iowa State game. And I have no idea what to make of Iowa State next year. Yeah. But I think Oklahoma has every chance of being undefeated heading into the Red River. Well, they should be. I mean, that's weak. That is weak as hell when you look at that non-conference schedule. Oh, yeah. That's weak as crap. Um, I don't know really what to make of Cincinnati. Uh, obviously, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati I, I to drop is a little different. Without Fickle. Like, yeah. I, I hate to say it. I don't want to to be that guy that just sleeps but on But it's realistic. I think it's realistic. They're taking a step up in competition. They're taking a step down in coach quality. And they're facing teams that they just – they haven't had to play a schedule like this. I mean – Go look at their schedule in non-conference. They have Pitt and is that Miami. No, that's Miami that's Maryland. Ohio. Is that Miami Ohio? That's not Maryland. Maryland. Okay, yeah. So non-conference. Pitt's gonna be a Pitt's gonna be a telling game. Pitt's gonna be a telling game because they're three and zero. Then maybe you're feeling a bit better about how they might fare against an Oklahoma team who would who. If they had, if they're hitting their stride by week four, Oklahoma shouldn't be losing that game. The way if Oklahoma comes out playing the way they ended the season, there's no way in hell Cincinnati's even hanging with Oklahoma. Yeah, if Oklahoma comes out playing the way they played Florida State in the bowl game, then the Big Twelve better watch out because they very well could have another Texas OU championship game on their hands, and no one, no one who's staying in the Big Twelve no. wants that. I, it, look, so one of the things I was intrigued was how were they going to line up as far as Texas and Oklahoma go, like the teams you keep on the schedule. Um, I thought Oklahoma – I thought, honestly, a, a good way to approach that would have been if you were a former Big 8 team or a Big 12 North team, you get Oklahoma and vice versa. If you're a former Southwest Conference Big 12 South team, you get Texas. But that's not necessarily the case because Oklahoma's not going to play Kansas State. Um, that's one of those games who – I mean, Kansas State beat the hell out of them last year. And I think if you're Oklahoma, that's – you don't really want to leave the conference with that. But like we said, you know, you might not – you could be coming back next year and get them on your schedule. Uh, that's an intriguing one. But the game that really stands out to me on Oklahoma's, um, besides, obviously, the Texas game, is you get the bye, which I think is great. I think after any rivalry game, you should have a bye after that. And Texas and Oklahoma both have that the luck of the draw. That's another thing I think is kind of weak for those two. I mean, look, that's that's a way for the Big 12 where it, it, I don't think it's it would seem all that overt if you were like, yeah, no, you don't get a bye. You know, pe people have been talking about, like, people who stayed in the Big right. 12, like the hateful eight people, they're all, they're like, oh, we got to make sure we do this and that to them. Like make them both go to West Virginia and Cincinnati and stuff like that. <laughs> I would have loved that. That would have been funny. But not giving them the buy that they both actually got after right. Red River. That would have been one way that I think would have been very subtle to really mess with them. But yeah, but the also I guess they just didn't want to give it to them. Yeah. But I mean, look, I, th I think they're, I don't know that they, they just, they're so weak. Um, but the intriguing thing is, after those buys, each team is going to play one of the new teams coming into the conference, and they both have storylines. I mean, we've, we touched earlier on Texas and Houston and obviously everything going back there, but UCF. Uh, Oklahoma's going to have UCF at home. This is going to be the Jeff Levy, Dylan Gabriel, you know, rematch game, per se, since they come over to the Sooners from the Knights. And I would have liked to seen that game in the bounce house. I think it could have been – I would have probably given – I wouldn't say I'd give UCF the edge at all, but I think that UCF could have made it more interesting if they would have had that game in Orlando. But regardless, I think when you have the ties, um, if both of those teams – so UCF is – I mean, look, there's a possibility that that could be a game that garners attention from game day. You know, I mean, there's a story – because everybody looks for the storylines – so that's something to keep an eye on. I doubt they get game day, but honestly, if I'm a UCF fan, I'm annoyed at home versus away. I, I'm looking at that away slate, and I'm thinking, why didn't like why can't we flip our home and away slates in in conference? I like would I rather have Kansas State, Kansas, OU, Cincy, and Tech coming to town, or Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Houston coming to town? I'm sorry, that's not even close to me. No. Like it's e not. Even if you have to drop one of the away games to keep the five five versus four, right. like 
Man, yeah, if I'm a UCF fan, I, I wish that they flipped our home and away games. Another thing I was I, I found intriguing with the schedule as a whole was like the Big Twelve really didn't say we're going to go out with um, like with a rivalry week, rivalry week and really embrace that. Uh, Bedlam's intriguing because if this is the the final Bedlam, uh, Oklahoma State's going to have the luxury of having that at home. Um, but as far as like TCU, like okay. Baylor and BYU was becoming, I guess that's what everybody wants, right? They want that to be the a rivalry going into the As a the Baylor league. alum, I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many storylines there. Those teams aren't going to play this year. That's uh, one to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, but as far as uh, TCU goes, I want to look there. So TCU actually leaked their schedule, which was one of the more intriguing and hilarious things because the Big 12 built this thing up as we're going to have this specific date, we're going to have the specific time. And somebody, uh, and leave it to TCU, they've had a hell of an offseason after winning the Natty. You're losing a lot of your roster. You bring in Riley, which is controversial. Uh, and then they leaked the schedule. Yeah. Like, Ever, that's the most TCU thing that. ever. Like, come on, man. You got a brutal road schedule, though. You're going to have to go to Iowa State. You got to go to K-State, to Tech, and to Oklahoma. And then you don't have a bye until week eight. Like, I feel like TCU's got one of the harder schedules out there. I, I, my hardest is probably going to be BYU, but what are your thoughts on TCU's schedule? I mean, I think you're right. I think that their non-conference is pretty freaking weak. Yeah. But, I mean, looking at the way conference shapes up, those first four games, they should win all those, even even if they're – even with the, the first away five. First five, yeah. Sorry, I, I was really just looking at the first four. Yeah, first five, uh, hell, first six. Like, they're a good team. They're a really good team. So I'm I'm just trying to look at it like if any other school got this slate, I'm thinking, man, that that's a that's a pretty inviting schedule. They yeah. could really succeed there. I will say, when it ramps up, it ramps up. It's relentless. Those last six games, I mean, the only thing I can think to make it that much tougher would have been BYU away. Right. They've got BYU at home, but then they have to go to Manhattan. They get their bye, and then they've got three Texas schools in a row. Like, those those three Texas schools, they are going to be so ready to rip those guys' heads oh, off. Oh, absolutely. To get back at them for last year, especially because of how close a lot of those games were last year. Texas and Baylor, they were both this close. Yeah. They're going to come back with a vengeance. Well, that, oh, and then they have to finish with OU, who, if they're playing well, that, that, that could be a conference title game participant decider. It really could. I'm well... As from my OU perspective, I don't think TCU is going to be in the conference championship this game. And having ooh, to go to ooh, Ames. No, please, please dig into that more. I don't. I mean, look, you have so much roster turnover. You have a new coordinator coming in. You're going to, I know you have Chandler Morris there, but this is a guy who didn't play last year. Um, he's going to have to learn, I wouldn't say necessarily a whole new system because the philosophy should be the same. And I think Sonny Dyke's influence on the offense is probably something that got lost in the shuffle there for some people. Uh, so I don't think it would be that much of a learning curve, but you're not going to have your playmakers. Quentin Johnson's gone. Um, you're only the true playmaker on offense. Both of your running backs are gone. You're going to lose some offensive linemen. Jared Wiley's going to come back from your tight end, and I, I think that's somebody you're going to have to rely on a lot. Um, you got a lot of high-caliber recruits coming in, but as we've seen, that's you know there's always a learning curve there. Not everybody's going to be – uh, Evan Stewart at A&M and just come ball out as a freshman. Defensively, do you feel like the losses are there too? Yeah, I mean, Travis is gone. Um, some other people in the secondary are gone. You're losing some linebackers. Yeah, I think there's a lot. I think, all right, I'll put it to you like this. I think TCU heading into this season is facing a very similar situation to what Baylor dealt with last year. And the fact that your schedule is backloaded like Baylor's was. And to be clear, you are not a Baylor homer, Baylor alum. I, 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 if we were to get into it, man. I'm an LSU fan. I try to keep a, a level-headed perspective on all of this and, and treat everything as, you know, professionally as I can. So, no, I'm not a, a Big 12 I just want to say that because I'm loving what you're hearing. No, I mean, it's, it. that's the way I see it. and I, I think you've got to look at it from an unbiased perspective and just be realistic with the situation. I, I would love to see TCU come out and have a good season. I, I have no – I'm not a hater on the Frogs. I wore the damn Ladanian jersey. I was pulling for TCU in the Natty against Georgia, off which we see how that turned out. But, no, I think you have to be realistic, man, and, and you've got to take everything into consideration. Um, I, I just don't see a way that they make it back to the championship game. I, I think that 
you're probably looking at you should one, two, three, four, five, six. That, that's honestly the most interesting thing about their schedule because I fully, I fully agree with you, but I also think they could start six and zero. Oh, you could go six and six, and then you could go six. I don't see that happening. What I think is, honestly, if I had to sit here and make a prediction about TCU season today, right now, I'd say they start six and zero. Oh, they finish eight and four. I could definitely see that. And I think having the bye before a Thursday night game. I think they drop one of these two, BYU and Kansas State. I think they drop possibly both. And I think they drop at least two of their last four. So at uh, best, nine and three. I think they beat BYU. I, and I need to see more from BYU. I, I was kind of disappointed with how their season turned out last year. Kansas State, look, I know Kansas, I know there's going to be the, the mindset of they beat us and ruined our perfect season and we didn't get a championship. I think te- Kansas State has their roster is, well, while you're losing Deuce Vaughn. I think it's in a better place. It's a hell of a lot better place. Um, so I, I like that matchup for the Wildcats. I think it is intriguing, though. You get the bye before, but you're going to Lubbock on a Thursday night. Like, could could that have been scheduled any more against TCU, even off of a bye? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Both of it. Well, Lubbock on a Thursday night is something that's scary to me. But see, Tech gets a bye before that as well. But Tech is coming off a situation where you're playing BYU, who we just who I just mentioned. Even though you are going to Provo, that's going to be a, that should be a fun ass game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you're you're coming off a situation there. I like I like how they gave both of them a bye because I think that game, regardless of the schedules and I mean the records, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. That anytime you go to Lubbock, they always have a hell of an atmosphere. You throw that on a Thursday night, that's going to be intriguing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I th- I'm a, I'm with you. I think the best case scenario for TCU looking at the schedule is probably eight wins. I'm leaning more towards seven. And I don't see them making it to the championship game though. Yeah, let, let's look at the other championship game participant real quick. Let's look at Kansas State because they've got they've got an interesting game non-conference with Missouri before they jump into I like that into the Big Twelve. But they have a really we were looking at buys. They have a really early buy. They've got a week five buy. Yeah, that's not ideal for anybody. Uh, and I think just kind of going back to last year with the the health situation that they dealt with. I know you know Knowles had was beat up at times. Uh, the quarterback situation we Ooh, saw. Wait, I'm sorry. That's interesting. I just realized they play all five Texas schools in five straight weeks. That's brutal. Um, and you're looking at a back to no wait. That's yeah. Cause, no, cause you have to go to Stillwater and Tech back to back. But then you get two home games with TCU and U of H. Houston, I really don't know what to expect from them. Yeah. Um, you head down to Austin, and then you host Baylor before you have the Sunflower sh- State Showdown. Yeah, which is not like it used to be. And then they be. end with Farmageddon. Yeah, yeah. I, I look, I like sure. it, though. I mean, I, I, I like their scenario there. I think they can beat Oklahoma State. Tech, they like. I don't know, man. Tech, I like. Looking tech. at games one one by one is like, yeah, I see them. I could see them winning that one. I see them. When you put it eight in a row like that, oh my! Yeah, that, that's where you got to have concern because it's going to start getting cold. You're going to have injuries piling up. That, that's eight in a row with only one new member in there. So that's seven. That's seven true Big Twelve games in eight weeks. Like that's not that's not ideal that, for that's, anybody. That's not ideal for anybody. That's not like. That, that that just that it's like they're not in a new conference. It's like they've got a couple extra non-con games. No, that's a good point. And then looking look at the flip side here. Look at Kansas. So Kansas is going to start off on a Thursday night. Was that Montana State? Yeah, I think so. so. That that should or be a Southeast dub. Missouri State. Yeah, that's one of them. That should be a dub. The game with Illinois is intriguing. Uh, Illinois. You know, their defense is really solid. They have a good running game, but... They did lose their they coordinator lose, to they, Purdue. They lost that. So, I really don't know. I think that's one that could be a lot of fun. I think that could be eerily similar, honestly, to the bowl game against Kansas. I mean, I mean, against Arkansas, where it just went down to the wire. Um, but I think we'll learn a lot there about... More so from a trench aspect and Daniels, how his, his health has done and his progression over the offseason. Then you get Nevada. Uh, you, luckily, you get BYU at home. Texas, so they play. What does Kansas have? How many of the new schools does Kansas have there? They have. They've got three. Of three them. of the four new schools, but you get Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, that. Um, I don't know if that's something I want as a Kansas fan. Like, there's there's that mojo about Texas for them, 
where I feel like even though Texas should be on the upswing, yeah, it's like, okay, bring them on. Oklahoma's the one that interests me. Oklahoma, that game for Kansas, I feel like that was one that got away for, from them, right. if I remember correctly, this past year. And if they couldn't get it done last year, I, I highly question if they can get it done this year. I just I don't know whether or not to think Kansas is going to take a step forward or not. I don't think they're going to take a step back as a program. I think Leipold's a really good coach. I just don't know what they have coming through the pipeline right now. That's fair. How they're going to sustain the success they've had. I think they could. I mean, I think they could either take a step forward or, you know what, I think they could take a step forward because you're in a situation where you could be possibly 3-0 and heading into BYU. Then I think you can, oh man, Oklahoma, I think you have a better chance, right? and I could be totally wrong on this, but I feel like right now they have a better chance of beating Oklahoma State than they oh absolutely and, than they do beating UCF. We, we've talked about this. Oklahoma State does not feel like they're in a good place. I need to see something from Gundy before I start predicting them to to hold their own to ha- honestly to make a bowl game. Right. I, right now, everything I'm hearing out of Stillwater is making me think they're not going to a bowl game. So yeah, I think UCF is a bigger challenge than than even going to Stillwater. But I think also, look, you have the bye before Oklahoma. I, I like so – who, so you got that bye right there. Who does Oklahoma have before there? Oklahoma's got a bye. They no, they UCF. play UCF. So that's the an emotional game. game. That's a storyline game where you could kind of leave a lot on the field. I do I do wonder if it's a storyline game for UCF but not for Oklahoma. I wonder, I wonder if Gabriel and Levy care. I mean, even if you – don't I've, not like okay, in a mean I think, way I, about Gabriel. Like I think he cares, but I don't. I don't. I like. I bet Gabriel's just like, yeah, I had a good time there. Now I'm gonna go beat them. See, and I kind of think it's the opposite. I think Gabriel would be more emotional in that game per se than Lebby. I think Lebby's just kind of like, okay, I use them as a stepping stone to get back oh, to my no, alma mater. What I'm saying is, I think they're both gonna be like fairly emotionless about it. If they're if someone's gonna be emotional about it, it's probably Gabriel. But yeah, yeah. Iowa State. So Iowa State's intriguing. You got you uh, and I starting off. That should be a dub. Really great segue there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa. Look, you finally beat Iowa. Their offense is abysmal. They have come out and said they are not making any staff changes. We Which are cool. Blows with, my freaking mind. We're cool with it, averaging it like three points a game. They are pushing the boundaries of nepotism for the world. Like I would be so pissed if I was an Iowa fan. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, saw th- I saw this on Reddit in, in a thread about that, but some guy was like, Brian Ferentz needs to start doing the least and the worst. Start bringing hookers to the office. Start, like, <laughs> we're going like, to take a Louisville approach. how much it takes to get himself <laughs> fired because apparently he can get away with anything. That's funny. That is great. So, look, I think I don't see them beating Iowa two years in a row. The Iowa State's down. We don't really know. I mean, are you comfortable with Deckers, that quarterback? I comfortable, mean, it's, no, but I mean, he's a he, like he's a he's a younger guy, right? Yeah, and but he, I think he he's also going to have a slim margin because JJ Cole. I, I, look, the future of the quarterback position for Iowa State, I feel really confident. JJ Cole is going to be really good, he, or he has the potential to be really good if he's developed properly. It's one of those situations for me where I'm sitting here thinking like. It's not the you have two quarterbacks so you have none. It's it's actually in my mind the you have a quarterback who should be better than he was last year. Absolutely. And if your young guy beats him out, even better because yeah. he's clearly better. Yeah, th- yeah, that's fair. But here's the here's the one that gets me. I feel like they should be on upset alert with Ohio. Ohio, with Ohio. is one of those MAC teams those that are they're feisty to say the least. They're gonna be up for that game. And then you're coming off a rivalry, emotional game, and you're having to go to Ohio, okay? And then are you looking over Ohio to Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, TCU, back-to-back-to-back? That's a game where I would put Iowa State on upset alert. I would not be surprised in the least if the Bobcats beat them. You heard it here first. We've got a non-conference upset alert. I I feel it, man. Guaranteed. Hey, I'll guarantee it. Hell yeah, I'll guarantee it. So, (laughs) no, I I really do. I think that's an intriguing matchup. That's an interesting one to watch. Uh, But then, okay, so you go to Stillwater. No, you get Stillwater at home. I mean, Oklahoma Oklahoma State at home. I swear to God, I'm going to stop you right here. Whoever decided making this graphic for the Big 12 
Take it from baseball. Gray is away. White is home. It's like, it's, good God. Yeah. Don't, come don't on. Do, or do some different damn colors. Anyway. So then you get Oklahoma, who's going to be really good. And the defending champs, well, quote unquote, <laughs> defending champs. The next game, that's a, that's a difficult slate there. Um, Cincinnati, I still don't know what to make of. And then you get the Bob. Um, I'm sorry, I got to go back to the defending champs. Um, they're not the champs. They're just not. I know they're not the champs. I, I know. They're as much champs as they were in 2014, and they actually have a trophy to show for that. <laughs> they don't even have a trophy to show for this one. They are not the defending champs. No, that's a good point. That is a good point. They aren't the defending champs, but, you know, inches, inches be inches. Um, so, all right, then you inches. get the box. Is that going to become a thing for us, inches, just because of inches. the mimic play? <laughs> it could because be. Get a slogan Honestly, going I'm gonna, on. I'm going to be sad if the Big 12 championship game doesn't come down to the literal inches again this year. I mean, look, it's the standard, isn't it? It's the standard. I mean, you set the bar high the past two years. It's got to come down to the last player inches. Um, after the bye, though, you get Baylor at home. No, wait, Baylor on the road. Yeah, Baylor on the road. <laughs> which I think Baylor wins that game. Um, then you go to Kansas. I think they lose that game. They have Kansas at home. You go to Provo. You're not winning that game. Yep. There's no I, – I don't see any way – I don't care about rosters. I, I don't see Iowa State going into Provo and winning. And then Texas at home and then Farmageddon. You're not losing. I mean, you're going to lose both of those. You're probably going to yeah, drop three in a row at the end of the season. Yeah, they've, for sure. they've got a really rough end of the season. Like, if, if Iowa State's going to make hay, they're going to make it early. Like, that, that's yeah. just the way I see it. So, let's go to Houston. Now, a lot of people might be looking at the schedule outside of Texas and seeing, thinking, oh, those are two easy games to start the season. I'll tell you something. That first game against UTSA. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. UTSA is in a position where they are what Houston, they are what TCU used to be. They feel like they're building something. They feel like they can play on the big stage. They have a tremendous coach and a culture with Jeff Trailer and the triangle, the the, the two ten triangle. And you have a quarterback who's been there since the 70s. Yeah, I, I don't know when Houston scheduled this UTSA game, but if they did it in the last, what, three years, they, they, they were not that smart. I feel like this was one of those where it was a home-and-home, home, like a two-year deal. Uh, but if you look at this game last year uh, in, in the Alamo Dome, this took triple overtime, and U of H barely got out of there with a the dub. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, and, and this would be a bad look for them to start the season off, especially in your inaugural Big 12 season. I would not be surprised if UTSA beat Houston. See, I'm taking that. I'm looking three weeks later, not like looking past TCU. I think they've always been TCU no matter what. Sam Houston State. That's another one. That's one I expect Houston to win, but that's one that one could make Houston look terrible if they – if they struggle with Sam Houston State, who is a good oh, very football good. program. Very Let's good. be real. They Casey are a Keeler good has that FCS football rolling, program. Dude. And that, that's, not, that's not just Houston who could look bad from that. that. That's the Big 12. Well, see, and you're also in a situation where, okay, you're starting off, I think, in the game you're going to lose. Then you have the battle for H-Town against Rice. There's, that's a cupcake no, walk. Yeah. I mean, you should, you should cruise through that. Unless you're over, you're licking your wounds and trying to look ahead to TCU. And then I think TCU kind of makes an example out of Houston. I think that could be a close game for about the first quarter, and TCU should pull away. Sam Houston's tricky. Um, I think that's going to be eerily similar to the UTSA game from last year. Sam Houston should be sad that Houston has to play TCU before them. Oh, because yeah. Because they're going to get a Houston team that's going to come out being like, we got to recover from last week. But we got to go show people why we're in the Big 12. That's very true. And then you got to go out to Lubbock. And this is a game where, kind of like the game last year with UTSA, Houston pushed Tech, which I think is going to make them angry. And I think Tech kind of makes an example out of Houston in that game as well. And then you're heading into the bye if you're the Cougars, possibly two and three. And then you got to go to Morgantown on – no, wait. No, that's home. Them. You host, but it's still a Thursday night game. <laughs> the second I mentioned that, I messed you up bad. I know. Like, oof. But, yeah, so, so they get Morgantown at home on a Thursday, and then they have Texas coming to town. They should be pretty happy, honestly. That Like, it, they've got a long time to prep for them for, uh, for 
for West Virginia, and they've got a long time to prep yeah. for Texas after that. Honestly, that's a pretty nice like. They're gonna have tough with tough time with those games, but that's a pretty nice stretch from a scheduling standpoint. Yeah, it is. But then, okay, so after Texas, and we already know the emotions that are going into that game just because the hype that's been around it for the past couple of years. You got to go to Manhattan. You're gonna get smoked, and then you got to come to Baylor. You remember the last time Houston was supposed to come to Baylor? Yeah, I was a senior here, and I was looking the whole week forward, looking forward to the game the whole week. No one knew if the season was really going to be starting, and their equipment truck got here before the game got canceled on Friday. Yeah, and so I think that's a situation where, while there's going to be a lot of emotion from a Houston standpoint, Baylor fans have been waiting for the Cougars to come back to Waco for a long, long time. And you're going to know a lot about yourself if you're Baylor at that point. That's one where I kind of going back to the Tech game at TCU, Houston could be walking into a hornet's nest, man. They could be. But those last four games, starting with at Baylor, that's where Houston makes a, makes a push if they're going to make a push late season. Those last four games, at Baylor, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, at UCF. Do I think they're going to win more, like the majority of those games? No, I don't. But the rest of their schedule, the middle of their schedule, is not inviting to them. Like, that four-game stretch at the end, that, that's where they will – that's where bowl right. eligibility will be decided for them. Well, at least you're ending the season with two common opponents that are coming over from the American with you. You get Cincy at home. But you got fin- to finish it going to the bounce house. I do not like that there. Oklahoma State at that point, have you found yourself or are you reeling and just kind of like everybody's checked out? I don't know. Yeah. Cincinnati. No, no, let's jump up to Baylor. Let's keep it in the state right. real quick. All right, let's start with Baylor here. So, if you're looking at that third game and you're going, who the hell is that? That is Long, Long Beach State. Long Island. Long Island, okay. Long Island. Yeah, the, the Long Sharks. Island Sharks. And I thought this was funny because the other day when Mac Rhodes was on 365 Sports in the afternoon, he was not shy about they wanted an FCS opponent that this team is young, and you are coming off arguably your toughest non-con game in 20 years? Yeah, I like, I, I didn't even follow Baylor back before then, but all I know is through their, their run in the Bryles regime, they played cupcake after cupcake in the non-con. Utah is the best team they've played non-conference since I've been following. I, I've, I've lived here in the general vicinity my entire life, per se. I lived in East Texas for a little bit as well. Um, Baylor has never really played anybody major in, in non-conference, you know, and I understand back in the day you you didn't want to because you Nebraska and all, everybody, A&M and everything, that was going to be difficult. So I like this, and I wish Baylor would do this more often. I'm hoping this is kind of like a glimpse of the future to come. Uh, they did this, I guess they really started kind of with BYU. I, I, maybe I'm, I'm slighting BYU and saying the 20-year thing. Um but now that's a conference opponent. I like this matchup. I really hope that this is something where Baylor – because Baylor's recruiting the hell out of the state of Utah. And I think that opened the doors with the connections with Mateos and Grimes. Obviously, uh, now you got your running backs co- coach coming in as well who spent some time at BYU. So I think they have um, some familiarity in Utah as a whole. If you can start playing the Utes year in and year out and turn that into like a non-con rivalry as well, I think that's a good footprint. But that's a game where – I don't like Baylor's chances. I don't know the status of Cam Rising right now. I know he is he was hurt. That's going to be the key and is where yeah. he's at. But the thing is, not, like, not like Utah shouldn't have the advantage either way, but that's going to be a big key. But, see, the, another intriguing thing is you're thinking, okay, this is a home game, and it is, but there's so many kids from the state of Texas on Utah's roster. Their parents are in the Metroplex. They're going to – I think they're gonna we're gonna see eerily similar to when BYU came to Waco a couple of years ago. There's gonna be a lot of red in them stands. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of red in the stands. They're gonna be loud. Baylor fans, we, you you and I both know we hear a lot about how mm, not great Baylor fans yeah. are. How they don't show up when they really need to. How they like wait for the teams to show like to prove that they're great before they come. Well, I, have I a, hate it, but. That, that, that is a that is a watch out. That crowd could be very red and very loud. And it, yeah, I think that's, that's some be, of that's, Baylor's own doing too. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a story we, for later. That's a story for later. But we can 
All all of that is to say, Baylor starts with four home games, and they probably should lose two of them. Oh yeah, because that fourth one is Texas. Yeah, I think you lose two. I think you're going to drop Utah. I think you're going to get beat by Texas, and then. But the, hold on, before we get into the UCF game, the one benefit if you're Baylor is we talked about earlier when I was talking about TCU is last year with Baylor's schedule, most of your games were on the road. You get eight games at home this year, which is beautiful if you're covering it. Um, but it's also great to just keep it at home, try to build up that atmosphere um, from a rest standpoint. I just like those matchups. I think it's great that Baylor has eight games at home. Now, can they take advantage of that? That's the bigger question for me. But your first road game is the bounce house. You get to go to UCF, um, and I know these teams have met prior. See, I'm, I'm not really worried about the bounce house. If there's something I know about Dave Aranda's football teams at Baylor is that they need energy around them. It doesn't have to be for them. They just need energy around them. Man, I don't know, dude. They I think they play worse on the road when they go into a place that doesn't care. If they were going to Houston, I would be nervous. So Morgantown doesn't care? Morgantown cares. That's why They've they have trouble up there. there. Yes, that's okay, what I'm okay. saying. Right, that's exactly you. like Actually no. Shoot, that's out. That's what I'm saying. You're right. My bad. But Morgantown's crazy. The bounce house is going to be crazy. I Yeah, that really defeats my argument. Dude, I'm telling you, and look, that, that really game is sandwiched, <laughs> and that game's sandwiched between Tech, who is now a rivalry game, and Texas. Like, dude, that's that that three those that start that first five games, you're looking at a situation where you could easily be two and three heading into the bye. Maybe this is the 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 homer in me. I don't buy it. I think, but. I do not think Baylor has one. There are six games before the bye, so you can't be two okay. or three. Um, I don't think Baylor has a losing record going into the bye. At worst, they're three and three heading into the bye. I'll play devil's advocate. I bet they do. You bet. That, you bet that they have a fourth. You, you bet they drop all the conference games plus the Utah game. Yes, I do. I'll say that right now. Look, look into the camera and say it right now. Baylor will have two wins heading into the bye. They will have they will be over in conference play. Wow, you you are confident in that man. You are you are really confident. In Look, that. I, I I felt the way I did last year um, that they would only win like max seven games, and they did. I think you still got to figure out who your quarterback is. Uh, I need to see some receivers actually step up. Um, you lost your entire offensive line. I know you got some transfers coming in. Let's see what they can do there. Your defensive line, you got Franklin and Hall coming back. Uh, other than that, you got you're going to have to replace the nose tackle position with Apu, who took up double teams 95% of the time. Uh, your secondary is in flux. You got a lot of young talent coming in. Uh, you had two of your most, while it was hit and miss, uh, Neil and um, Walcott are gone. So, yeah, I I think there's going to be a lot of learning curves. You have staff turnover once again with uh, the running back position while you're loaded at that in that room. Is Tay McWilliams going to be back? I don't know. You know what you're getting out of Reese. Is Shapin even going to be your damn starter? Um, yeah. Okay. I, that's you, if you're if you're the devil on the shoulder, I'm. I got I got to be the angel. Let, let's run. Let's run it down. What do you, what do you start with? Um, so let's start. Let's. I'll start with the defense. Okay. You fired your coordinator for a reason. Okay, that's Let fair. Let him go, fired him, whatever you want to say. He's gone for a reason. Aranda's going to have that much more of a role in the defense. Pallage is... I like Pallage a lot. Oregon loved him. I like Pallage a lot. I think we all, like, we, we love Pallage. But there's a learning curve. I don't think Pallage is going to come in and magically... I think it'll look somewhat... I think Aranda's going to have that much more of a hand in the defense to help that. And frankly, I'll take Aranda over Roberts every day. Well, yeah. He brought it. Yeah, he brought LSU on offense. <laughs> on offense, I'm not concerned at all about the running back room. They have plenty of good guys who are going to be running behind a good O line. You know why I'm not concerned about the O line? Because, because of the, the transfers, transfers and because they've got a top five offensive line coach in the country leading that room. Eric Mateos is getting paid like one. 
They fended him off from Georgia by paying him like one. And they did not live up to the expectations last year with all the guys coming back. They were mediocre at best. I think mediocre at best is harsh, especially by the end of the year. And frankly, certain guys just could not get their stuff sorted out. Connor Galvin was supposed to be an all-conference. He, he, he got all the hype went to his head. The hype, honestly, it seems it seems like that's the case. And then uh, Mazuka, who's tra- who's transferred out. Yep. Clearly, something did not work out there. Like, I feel like that was it. I can be totally wrong. I like Mike when he was in here. Uh, he seemed like a hell of a personality and somebody you would be a fun teammate. Like something just didn't seem to mesh between I, yeah, Baylor. I, I, I think and, that was, and I think that might have been a. I could be wrong. I feel like where he landed, that might be like in one of those NIL situations where you're wanting more than you're going to have to earn at Baylor. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Point is, I like the transfers we brought in a lot. Oh, sorry, we, Baylor brought in a lot. And I just, I really trust the coach because that offensive line was not playing badly at the end of the year. That offensive line was not the reason why the offense could not get it going last year. I've got serious concerns about quarterback. Oh, yeah. I've got serious concerns about quarterback. No one who who talks Baylor shouldn't. But you're also in a situation where, and you can't, I don't, I I can't fathom why you didn't throw Ben Sims the ball in the Armed Forces Bowl. I I don't get it. But you lost Ben Sims. Drake Dabney was hurt. I really like Kelsey Johnson. And I really like Roberts. Jake Roberts coming in from North Texas. That kid is a baller. Um, Listening to him talk, he's got it. He's got that leadership mentality. I think he could be a difference maker, but I still... So, so there's a lot to like in the tight end room. Yeah. I like I like the running back room. I like the offensive line room. I like Keetron Jackson coming in from Arkansas and transforming that wide receiver. I forgot about Jackson. You cannot... He, he, he but still, I don't think one player... I don't think one... I, you, while they you, go, you go from having Monterey have to be your number one. He he's not built like a number one no. receiver. He's not an outside threat. So now he becomes a speedy slot guy who's your number two threat. You pair that in offense where really you want two tight ends, a running back, and two wide receivers on the field. You've got all those guys, and you've got good versions. I'm gonna at have every to position. see it. I'm gonna have to see it, man. The offensive play next year, truly, truly, I expect it just to come down. The offense. At its core, will either succeed or fail based on the quarterback. I know, whoa, crazy statement. Like, <laughs> it's football. But, like, <laughs> there's almost no excuse for Baylor not to have a uh, an offense that can win them eight games next year. Well, I... I You're saying that Baylor's going to start two and four before they're by, before they hit the meat of their conference schedule. I'm saying there is no way that Baylor should drop... Is it the meat, though? Look, I think those first three okay. conference games are more difficult. Okay, I think they should have no problem with yeah, Cincinnati. I think they should have no problem with Iowa State, the way Iowa State has been, and we don't know, and they're coming to Waco. Houston, I think they can beat Houston. I, the, the, I guess what I'm saying the meat is is the at Kansas State, at TCU, back-to-back 10th and 11th games. And you're going to drop both of them. I, I expect I, to drop both of them. And then, yeah, dude, I, all right, so – but that, but you're saying six and six. I'm saying I'm saying something more like eight and four. We'll see. I mean, all right. I, like, middle. like my mind, you find a way to win one of those two games late in the year. You find a way to win either at Manhattan or against TCU. And TCU's a rivalry game. All bets are off. Yeah, but they struggle, which means mightily. With which TCU. means if I'm me sitting over here, I'm thinking, hey. Baylor actually can drop. Uh, Baylor can drop two or three early on. That's fair. If they only drop one on the back end, I don't. I I really do not see them dropping more than three in their first six. Man, I. If they squeak one out, I think it'll be probably uh, Tech at home. They are beating Tech. They are beating UCF. They're starting four and two with losses to Texas and Utah. I'm we'll calling see. it here. We'll see. What when you look at this though, is there also, also sorry, real quick before before we transition. We're not gonna cover basketball at all today. Yeah. We're we'll, not gonna cover a buy or sell segment. We're just gonna run through the rest of the last twelve minutes of this hour. We're gonna get to to the what, four teams we haven't gotten to? And that'll be that. <laughs> yeah. All right. We, we might go over a little. All right. Go with uh, one of the teams. Cincinnati. Who, who haven't we got to yet? We've, so we've got BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. Okay. Let's go with BYU. 
BYU is starting off with Sam Houston. That's one of those where I think Sam Houston is going to push them. I, I love Sam Houston. I love Casey Keeler. Um, and then now that they're stepping up, I know they're at a disadvantage. But I think they've got something special there that they will be able to build on. And I think, like I said, with UTSA looking at a Houston, I think you're looking at Sam Houston wanting to be UTSA. And I think you're going to see that here over the course of the next five years. I think Sam Houston can make that game interesting. I like BYU. That second game, I don't know who that is. BYU should win it. Then you go to Arkansas, or host Arkansas. Wait, yeah, you go to Arkansas. That's You're losing that game. Yeah. Even with K.J. Jefferson gone, I, I like the Hogs. I think you lose that one. I think you lose the Kansas game. They've got a – honestly, BYU's I think this got is a the really, toughest really weird, really weirdly tough stretch here because do I think they should be better in Cincinnati? Yeah, honestly, but – you're going in like you're hosting Cincinnati on a Friday after you're coming off games at Arkansas, at Kansas. That's just it's a tough stretch heading and getting to that bye. It is, but I also think that that's going to be a situation where that's a must win. Nah, and maybe must win is is, is being a little must win. It's not a must harsh, win, but, but it's 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 a situation where you can't afford to lose that game. Yeah, I I, I agree fully. And you know, I you know, are you going to be beat up more than likely? Uh, but it's Friday night. It's in Provo. Yeah, I think the Cougars should handle that. And then you get that bye. Yeah, and boy, which is going to be they better, they better get much needed. Yeah, they better get everything they can from that bye week because rattle them off, Garrett. All right, so then you are going to TCU. I think that's a loss. Yep. You are hosting Texas Tech, which could be a very intriguing game. That that. That's a must-watch. Like, I'm going to have to figure out, like, who is Baylor playing that week? What time are they playing? I need to watch Baylor's that. playing Cincy that week. So, yeah, depending on time discrepancies, that's a must-watch game. Like, that, that is – no, that is – everyone who's sitting at home on their couch and can watch whatever they want to watch. Oh, dude, yeah. Watch that game. Yeah, it's going to be – that's going to be something. But then you get to go to Texas – and then you have to go to Morgantown. That is probably one of the most brutal back-to-backs of all of the, the schedules when you look at this, in my opinion. Um, Texas is really good, and then Morgantown is tricky regardless. But then you come back. It's Morgantown in November as well, so it can be cold. It can be that's wet. that's not a factor for them. I don't think that the, the weather is a factor for BYU. The weather is a factor no matter where you're playing. Altitude, thankfully for BYU, is not a factor going to Morgantown like it is for other schools. Uh, but I, I don't think with I think BYU plays in the cold. Okay. I, I I don't think Fair the enough. weather is a factor in that one. Then Iowa State, I mean that's one I think you should win, and then you round it out with the two Oklahoma schools. Luckily, you get Norman, you get Oklahoma at home, which should be fun. I think that could be intriguing. I think Oklahoma still beats them, and you go to Stillwater. I like BYU in that matchup. Obviously, that's just probably because I am so unsure what the hell Oklahoma State's going to look like. So, I, I think, though, I think BYU's got the toughest schedule, in my opinion, out of everybody in the Big 12 right now. Yeah, I'm trying to think of ones we've looked over already. But that that's just I know Paul, Paul is saying West Virginia. I, I, don't, I don't agree with it. that. Have we talked West Virginia yet? We have not talked Okay, West so we're, that's yet. a good transition. So <laughs> I think you lose to Penn State. Duquesne. You lose to Penn State. You beat Duquesne. The backyard brawl is obviously, it's a rivalry game. Yeah, but is Pitt going to be? That, that, all I'm saying is anyone could win that game. Anyone could win that game. But at least you got three but home games so in But it's so important. That game is so important. Penn State's a very important rivalry game. Because, I mean, it might not be much of a rivalry these days. But historically, Penn State's going to be good. Penn State's going to be good. So you're going to lose that. You're going to beat Duquesne. You got a toss up, and then you host Texas Tech, who you're just going to beat the hell out of you, more than likely. More and than likely. I don't see you beating TCU. I don't see you beating TCU. And by the bye week, this is why this is why Paul on 365 Sports thinks that T- West Virginia's schedule is the toughest. It really, it's that start. It's having four games before the bye that you could all definitely lose. You could start one and four, and your coach could be fired, and your season could be in shambles. The program could be in shambles, and all of a sudden, you might but you might lose everything on the back half. You might go two and ten, one and eleven. I think you can make an argument that's no more difficult than Baylor start. 
Yes. There's no way. Like I, I think you're right. So that's one I don't understand. I I, I I think Paul is I think Paul is overweighting the possibility of your coach getting fired. I think Paul didn't really look at the back half of the schedule, didn't look necessarily compared to to the front half of others. Love Paul, and he's not wrong. It's a really tough front half. I just don't think it's the toughest in the conference. Yeah, I, I think for me, and then like everybody's got their own opinion. He's Paul's great at what he does. I think BYU, though, to me, it has a tougher schedule than West Virginia. So after the bye, you go to Houston on a Thursday, which that's going to be intriguing because Dana Holgerson and the way things ended in West Virginia were not pretty. He hates West Virginia with a passion. I think the people, if there are people in the administration still around, hate Dana equally. But I like Dana Holgerson getting that dub in a revenge game against his old program. I just question whether or not, like what the talent disparity is there between Houston and West Virginia. I honestly think it's probably not much because West Virginia has like that, so that's many That's a genuine people. question. That's not like, uh, I'm going to ask this question to make a point. No, like no I, I honestly. It's a great question because I think the way West Virginia lost so much talent last year and then you had people transferring out year in, uh, left and right, um, the quarterback situation was what it was. Um, I, I think Houston, while they have struggled, I like their t- – I think they have uh, – that's one matchup for Houston, I think, where their roster can be e- as close to equal as possible with the Big 12 teams who are – that they're coming in to face. Yeah, honestly. And then, then they, then they uh, host Oklahoma State and then have to go to the bounce house. But, I mean, that's nothing unusual for them. Uh, oh, no, wait. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be unusual. I think the, going to the bounce house, they're going to get the hell beat out. I, I think you're overrating the bounce house a bit. I honestly think you're overrating the bounce house a bit. Not the environment. I just I just don't I don't think it has that effect. We'll I think find it out. That, I think if it had that effect, even though they should be more bumping this year because they're finally in the Big 12, I, I do think if, if it had the effect you wanted to, I think we would have seen better records from UCF over the last couple of years. That's fair. But if you're not familiar with it, I, I don't know. I like Gus Malzahn. I, I like the talent. I, I like the energy. I think they are excited to be here, probably more so than Cincinnati, per se. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Cincinnati's reeling right now. I know we touched on their schedule a bit earlier. Uh, I don't know if we dove into the back half too much. Did we? Probably not. So, all right, heading into the bye with Cincinnati, I think you are looking at probably three losses at – Four at the probably four losses, and then you get back to back home games. With Wait, where's Iowa. the fourth loss? That's not Maryland. That's Miami. We we went over that. I earlier. don't. I don't. I know. Even if that's Miami of Ohio, I mean, no, they they they're winning two games before the bye, hands down, easy money. I'll make that bet every day. Fickle didn't leave them with nothing. I know, but. All right, all right, whatever. So yeah, they'll have after the bye though. That that's what I really wanted to jump. After into. the bye, you get two home games back to back with Iowa State and Baylor. I think the Iowa State is your best chance of winning. I don't see you beating Baylor. Um, then you go to Stillwater. I don't know if you're ready for that, especially coming off of game with Baylor. That is going to be. Physical. It'll be very interesting to see where Oklahoma State is at that point in the year. That's true, but. I still would probably, just from a coaching standpoint, I'm giving Gundy the edge over Satterfield. Yes, me I, too. Every day of the week. That's just me. I think you get beat by UCF. Houston's going to be intriguing. I think Houston's probably going to be looking for some revenge. I might give Houston the edge in that one. And that one could come back and bite me. West Virginia will be an interesting one. Because that's then, Does that mean more to West Virginia? Uh, well, I guess, depending on I how they're... I think that's going to mean a bunch to both teams. I think it might mean more to Cincinnati just from, like, you have the opportunity to play a rival who, per se, looked down on you for quite some time. And that's one where, kind of going back with the the roster matchup, I think Cincinnati's roster could match up with West Virginia as well. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cincinnati beat West Virginia, honestly. Yeah. And then they finish with, with Kansas. Kansas I, yeah, I, I, I think, think Kansas beats them. Let's get to UCF now because – Dear Lord, everything you've said about UCF today makes me think you have them, at least at some point this year, being on the f- like a to me they, indie conference title game no, discussion. No, 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 I, no, I'm, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying actually be there at the end, but at some point in the year, with the number of times you've been like, but the bounce house. I think they can spoil some people. 
I think, okay, I think you start off yeah, let's with. Yeah, ru let's run through it. Okay, you beat Kent State. Going to Boise State is going to be interesting. I think the travel, Boise's in the situation where they're on the cusp of they want to be in UCF situation. They, they feel like slighted, like San Diego State, where they keep getting left out for whatever reason. I think their best hope at this point is going to the Pac-12. We'll see if that happens. Um, I still think UCF wins that game. Villanova, you're winning. Yeah, you're winning. Um, FCS program. Kansas State in Manhattan, you're losing that game. So you're starting three and one, and you've got Baylor coming to town. And I think you, you. I think you coming like off UCF in that game. Uh, yes, I think coming off the loss to Kansas State, um, you don't want to go zero and two in your debut in the Big Twelve. I think you get a bounce back win against Baylor, and then you go then you to Kansas. Lawrence. Yeah, how how you feeling about that game? I think that game could be fun as hell, and I think that game can, is a toss up for either team, honestly. Okay, so heading into your bye, you're either you're either four and two or five and one. Yeah, I, I easily. I, I, yeah, I think that's after the bye. You've got at Oklahoma, that's West Virginia, at that, Cincinnati. Yeah, you're not beating Oklahoma. I think you can beat West Virginia. I think you can beat Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I think you can beat Oklahoma State. I think you get beat by Tech and you beat Houston. Okay, so let's let's count that up. So where are the losses? We've got so you're going to lose. We've got one and a half between the two Kansas schools, right? And then you're losing to Oklahoma. Losing to Oklahoma, two and a half. You're losing to Tech. Tech. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, you're losing to Tech. Yeah, you're going to so lose three to and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're I, it's a me favorable they schedule, three, they're not in the conference title game. I don't think so. No, I not think, like in it, but like in in the discussion, they're they're a player in it. You so I'm just trying to get, no, the, get I don't. this clear. Like you really think that they are going to losses in conference? Are they not playing a significant role by playing that game against Tech? Are they not playing a significant role in the title game? Like, are they not playing a, a really deciding role? In there's an there? there's a uh, I could see how you can say that. See, you don't like I, I I say this with love. You don't like that I'm pushing you towards this because you're high on UCF. And when it when I frame it like they are helping decide who makes it there that late in the year, you're like, oh wait, no, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, it's a possibility. I just think that when you lose to Kansas State, and you lose to Oklahoma, and you're going to lose to Tech. No, I mean, no. That that's why I, I think their losses are what's going to be the deciding factor. I'm, in I'm that. not saying this like like they're, they'll have a shot. I'm saying like where like they get they get to week week twelve heading into their game against Tech, and it's, well, we need a bunch of help from, from Kansas State and OU losing. But if we beat Tech, we're in that third spot. I think they finished in the top. They could. They could. Let's see. You finish, you hold finish on, hold with on, three conference on. losses? You're in, the t you're in the top half. Easy. Probably like the top five. Yeah, I think they do finish in the top five. Yeah, I, I, I think they can. I, I think that's crazy. No, I think you're going to have Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Kansas State, TCU. That's not top five. I think that, you know what? So are they top five or not? Because three losses, I, th I think, I think they are. Five. I think they can get in. I think they do better in t TCU this year. Y'all heard it here first, folks. TCU is going to finish behind UCF in the Big 12. I think they will. I think TCU is going to fall. I, I really believe that. Say it to the camera. Say it to the camera. UCF will finish ahead of TCU in the Big 12 this season. Run and tell it. I need to get this cut up for social media. <laughs> Run and tell it. Okay. So, I, I believe that. We were at that point in the day. It is 103. We need to be getting off. Real quick. Garrett, who's playing in the title game? Who wins? Who's playing in the title game? You're going to have Texas, Texas Tech, and it's going to be Hook'em winning the Big 12. I stand by What that. a pick. Wow. Jeez. I stand by it. I've got Texas and Kansas State, and I've got – I know because I know I said OU on, like, one of our first episodes. Uh -huh. uh, I've come around. I don't feel as good about OU, but I've got uh, – shoot, that's going to be a tough call. I think I've got Texas winning it. Eyes of Texas are oh. I, I want to puke. I want to puke saying that. You want to do it? I want to puke. Throw them hook'ems up. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no
Oh, right. No. Hell you got? no. Hold on. You got to give me a pick before we get out of here. I said Texas. I'm just not throwing anything All right. up. All right. So, we both got Texas winning the Big 12 championship. I got the Horns beating Texas Tech. We are going to see what happens. But uh, before we do get out of here, we will not have an episode next week. I will be alongside Jacob, Paul, Smokey, and Craig covering the Super Bowl out in Phoenix. So be sure to tune in to 365 Sports every day as we come to you live from Radio Row. Uh, we will be back, though, the following week mm-hmm. with some more heat on the College Chaos podcast. Of course. But don't forget to check out the Bearcast. Yeah, check, check all that out. We, check we all that jazz. That you know where to find us. We'll holler at you. I did it again. Sorry, y'all. Oh! <laughs>